Sony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is April 20th, 2022. Welcome to a special edition of Canadian Common Sense, an interview special. As many of you know, there is a leadership race going on right now in the Conservative Party of Canada. Currently a field of 12 candidates. We will find out more later this month when the deadline hits how many stay around. Now, um, as we've said on the show, we've put in requests to interview a number of candidates, and now we've got our first one. And he happens to be right in Tony's backyard, uh, right from the great province of Saskatchewan. We get Mr. Joseph Burgo. Uh, Mr. Burgo, welcome to Canadian Common Sense. Uh, hello, uh, Tony. It's, uh, thank you for doing this. I, I appreciate uh, you inviting me to your podcast here. Well, and I also want to do a shout out to Adrian, thanking him for connecting us. Yeah, absolutely. And I will uh, thank him personally, as well as hopefully he listens to, to this interview because, uh, well, he's got a g good reason to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about uh, uh, our son, uh, Adrian Borgo, who works with you, Tony. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. So um, now I've been in Saskatchewan for 18 years. I can find St. Bruce, Saskatchewan on a map. However, um, most of the candidates that you are running against, in fact, all but two of you, happen to live in that Laurentian Triangle, so, which is the triangle that connects Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal. So for our listeners who are outside of that bubble and in Newfoundland, Southern Ontario, or British Columbia, who couldn't find St. Brew, Saskatchewan on a map, how about tell us a little bit about yourself? Is St. Brew home, still home? Uh, yeah, St. Brew is home. Uh, you know, has been, grew up in St. Brew, um, you know, born in 56, so uh, you can do the numbers. Uh, chronologically, I'm 66. Uh, I always say chronologically because I feel like I'm in my 30s as far as energy goes. I, I can work uh, pretty long days. Uh, so Excellent. I feel energy-wise I'm good to go, yeah. So grew up in St. Brew, Saskatchewan. Uh, other than a few years of university and my travels uh, throughout North America and other parts of the world, uh, spent most most of my time there. Okay. Uh, growing up there, great community to grow up in. And most of the small towns in uh, in the prairies are because, uh, and I'm biased because I grew up in rural Alberta. So, <laughs> so now um, you said you went to university. What did you study there? Well, I I ended up taking two years of commerce. Uh, we didn't have any money, so. When I graduated high school, I had to work a year to earn enough to take my first year university. Uh, after my first year of commerce, I worked uh, uh, again for another uh, year, uh, setting up all the accounting systems in Borgo Industries. Uh, at that time, my father's company wasn't that old of a company and needed an accountant, so I, I set up all the uh, financial uh, monthly financial reporting systems and worked with my brother Jerry to set up the cost accounting systems at that time. I uh, took my second year university, and when I completed my second year, uh, I could see that Dad needed help in other areas of the company. We had hired an accountant, and so I ended up in facilities and research and development. I had worked with Dad since I was 13, so I had uh, engineering skills, inventive skills that I had learned from my father, who was a brilliant mechanic and inventor, and so I ended up in in engineering for for many years, um, <clears throat> uh, in, you know, invented the Borgo floating hitch cultivator in 1984-85, uh, 
patented that. That was an important uh, new invention for the company. I had developed the Fibro series cultivators from 1981 to 1984. Uh, and then I was, uh, my father asked me to become the general manager of the Borgo cultivator division uh, when we formed two divisions in uh, 1985. Okay. And, uh, so yeah, so that's a bit of my background, yeah. Okay, so well, how about tell us about Brigo Industries. I've, I've seen your equipment around the prairies. Anybody who's got a farming background likely has also seen some of your equipment. But for those of us in the cities or, or elsewhere in the world, how about a little bit about Brigo Industries? Well, uh, Brigo Industries, when, uh, maybe I should just continue. Sure. Uh, what happened uh, uh, in 85 when we formed two divisions, uh, Jerry, Brother Jerry owns, at this time, Brother Jerry is the owner of Borgo Industries. It went through a period where we had uh, the Borgo Air Shooter Division and the Cultivator Division from 85 to 91. Uh, due to some serious health problems, uh, I had developed chronic fatigue in 84. I spent eight, eight years in the conventional medical care system looking for answers, three times to the Mayo Clinic over five years, never found any answers. In 91, I took a leave of absence for my health from general manager of the cultivator division. At that time, Jerry took over the cultivator division while I was off, and uh, we uh, took the Borgo Tillage Tools division out of the cultivator division at that time, and we incorporated FP Borgo Tillage Tools, uh, which is the company I own. And we grew that division into a major company in the community. So uh, the cultivator and air seeder divisions were reamalgamated in 1991. And Brother Jerry owns uh, Borgo Industries. Okay. So there we go. So there's a bit of a split there. Um, so you've obviously got a head for business. You've got a head for, for engineering. So... Um, how about your political background? Have you uh, been a long-time member of the Conservative Party or Conservative politics in general? Uh, so I, I kind of kid about this in a way. I, you know, in my youth, when I was 18, uh, I voted uh, liberal for Pierre Trudeau in 1974 when I was 18. And uh, I kid about it. Uh, Winston, Churchill had, Winston Churchill had said, if you don't vote liberal before the age of 30, you don't have a heart. If you don't vote conservative after the age of 30, you don't have a brain. I have and, heard that uh, quote. <laughs> yeah, I say that tongue-in-cheek. Uh, so I, I hope that liberals and, and NDP can take a joke. Uh, but I felt that uh, from a political point of view, I could see uh, by the age of 20, I could see that uh, Pierre Trudeau was a tax-and-spend liberal, if you will. And he drove inflation through the roof in our country with his taxing and spending. Couldn't balance a budget if his life depended on it. And, and so, uh, you know, that's my earlier politics. But having grown up in the family, I grew up with three very capable, intelligent siblings. And my father, a brilliant man as well, and my mother as well. We would, uh, from the time I was a young guy, we would debate uh, politics uh, you know, Saskatchewan, Canadian, U.S., in the world. Uh, ever since I was a young guy, political discussions were just common, very common at, at our table. And even in our businesses, we would discuss politics, in particular studying the leadership. We are trying to see the best practices of the best leaders. And so I, 
I've studied political leaders uh, as well as business leaders all my adult life. Uh, leadership fascinated me, and uh, where my interest came in uh, politics was really uh, in my mid-20s, when I really was dis disgruntled with the way Pierre Trudeau was leading our country. Uh, that's when I had my first inklings that I, you know, I, I felt understood things better than he did from an economic point of view, and that's when I became interested and actually thought someday I I'd be interested to become the prime minister of the country. But it, it kind of bothered me at the same time. I, you know, I did not want to have any kind of egotistical desires for fame or power to be the prime minister. It was more, I was seeing things going off the rails already back then. And, and that's where my interest in politics uh, uh, came into play. Okay, excellent. So um, I guess here, here, here's the obvious question. So, um Really, what you're running for to be is prime minister, obviously. So, um, yeah. so why go straight for the top job? Why not um, become an MP first? Maybe get into cabinet and sort of cut your teeth that way. Uh, I've been in leadership positions all my adult life, and uh, I've seen. I I was involved in some nonprofits where I was not the the leader of the nonprofits, and uh, I ended up becoming the leader of the nonprofits, and it where I, I have leadership skills. I have the capacity, uh, 37 years of executive leadership skill. Uh, I feel my wheelhouse is on the leadership side, not being an MP. I don't have time to, I don't have time to waste. Uh, and the country doesn't have time to waste. I feel the country is like the Titanic headed for an iceberg. Uh, the country is burning and we really need uh, skilled leadership. We've been electing young uh, too many young politicians like uh, Justin Trudeau, who has no track record, never built anything in his life, has no leadership skill in the sense of being a competent, moral, highly moral, ethical leader. And that's getting the country in trouble. I, I feel I have the uh, decades of leadership development skill. I have the moral, uh, ethical background. Uh, I don't feel I could be corrupted. Uh, you know, I value my relationship with God above uh, fame, power, money. Uh, I don't have skeletons in my, my background that they can blackmail me or extort me. So I, I feel that I have the moral, ethical character, the leadership skills, and I've put the years of development into the policies that are needed to get the country back on the right track. I've written books about it. So uh, I feel that uh, uh, I have uh, skill set that none of these other political leaders that are in the uh, in the conservative leadership race, I don't feel that they have the skill set uh, nor the idea that's going to enable the conservative party to win in the next general election. I feel I have the idea, and we can talk about that in terms of the policies that are based on the principles that I feel would get the country headed back in the right direction. Okay, fantastic. And actually, let's get right into those policies. Now, um, bear in mind, Canada, I'm from the prairies. I'm more of a rural guy, so these some of these policy questions are going to be with my own bias. So um, let's start out with, two. I guess it was almost two years ago now, Justin Trudeau brought out an order in council banning 1,500-plus different types of rifles. Um, where are you on that? Are you, are you like John Charest who wants to keep that, that, that ban or are you interested in getting rid of that ban? 
Uh, I'm a gun owner myself. I have a restricted license. I grew up with guns, and all my lifetime, I've never observed in Western Canada, or for that matter, uh, the gun owners, the hunters, the sports, sporting shooting, uh, sport shooting hunter, uh, sport shooting uh, firearms. These are not the people that are creating crimes or causing problems in our country. And so, uh, for Justin Trudeau to do what he's doing, hassling the gun owners of Canada, uh, I'm in 100% in disagreement with what he's doing. And I would get rid of the order and council. Uh, and I would add, as leader of the Conservative Party. I would be advocating to get rid of that, and I'd be advocating uh, to, uh, uh, yeah, I'd be advocating to get rid of the order in council. I'm 100% opposed to it. Okay, fantastic. Already I'm liking you that much more. (laughs) Right on. So now we had, uh, in the last parliament, there was a bill C-10 and bill C-36. One was a censorship bill, another one was to regulate the internet. Well, I guess they both were, were... looking to regulate the internet, but in a censorship frame of mind. Now, Bill C-11 is before the House. Would you want to forward that that bill, or would you get rid of censorship bills altogether? I would 100% get rid of censors, any censorship bills. Uh, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms is the law of the land, the highest law of the land, and uh, freedom of speech is, as I see it, freedom is a gift from our Creator. Uh, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms begins whereas Canada was founded upon principles that recognize the supremacy of God and the rule of law. Uh, all the freedoms that are in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, the Canadian Bill of Rights, and even uh, the Canadian Criminal Code, these are laws that come down from our ancestors. And for the idea that Justin Trudeau is going to start censoring us, uh, you know, if anybody needs censorship, uh, the hate that comes out of that uh, fellow's mouth, if there's anybody that needs some censorship on hate, it's Justin Trudeau. Well, and again, I agree with that. I'm glad you brought up the Canadian Bill of Rights. Now, that's something that a lot of Canadians don't know that we have because it's been around since the Diefenbaker days and uh, I guess kind of just been overshadowed by the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. But um, but thank you for making that reference. So um, now let's get on to the energy industry. Uh, we've got a government right now that absolutely hates oil and gas even though it's the largest industry in this country and it's the largest revenue getter in Canada. Do you support the energy industry? Would, are you interested in pipelines, tanker bans, etc.? cetera? Uh, you know, a good way to generalize uh, almost everything, anything that the, the Justin Trudeau Liberal NDP coalition is putting together, uh, it, to me it would all have to be reviewed at, and anything that doesn't uh, fit with common sense, reason, and logic would have to be, uh, you know, uh, removed as legislation. So regarding our oil and gas industry, uh, I'm uh, for getting rid of the carbon tax, uh, 100% in favor of getting rid of the carbon tax. And the, the reason and logic for it is this. When you drive up the cost of production, uh, you you drive up the cost of manufacturing production, and I'm a manufacturer, what you end up doing is you end up shipping the jobs to China. Canada is responsible for 1.6% of the world's CO2 emissions, and we carbon sink through agriculture and our our massive forests carbon sink more than we produce. So for uh, Justin Trudeau put uh, these rising, ridiculous, Uh, illogical carbon taxes on Canada, all that's happening is he's driving the jobs to China, 
where they're over 60% of their electricity is coal-fired. The, dirt, the dirtiest form of, of electricity production is coal. And so over 60% of their electricity in China is coal-fired, and uh, they produce 28% of the world's CO2 emissions. And plus all the pollutants that go with coal-fired power, Canada's coal-fired power, pl power plants, by contrast, are, are highly regulated, uh, we even do carbon sequestration in Esteban. Uh, so there's no comparison. Uh, what Justin Trudeau is doing is typical of somebody who has no common sense, uh, pardon the pun, no <laughs> common sense, uh, no capacity to discern truth, and he cannot see that he's actually driving up the pollution of the environment by driving jobs to China and just shutting down all industry in this country with these carbon taxes, not only the oil and gas sector, but he's negatively impacting the lives of all Canadians. And it's one of the primary causes of inflation, the five to uh, five and a half percent inflation that we have now in the country. So it's, uh, there's just no common sense. It makes no sense to have a carbon tax. And so that's why it would be one of the things that I would be pushing hard on uh, is to get rid of the carbon taxes as, as fast as possible. Okay, so if no carbon tax, then what would be your plan to to be more environmentally sensitive? Is that something that's going to be a government-led or industry-led? Uh, I'm very much an environmentalist. People who know me, uh, I've been eating a 98 to 99% organic food diet since 1992. I recovered from a life-threatening illness. I've studied physiological, emotional, mental, spiritual, and environmental health and healing. So I'm very much in favor of wherever there's pollution in our environment, in any, whether it's the oil and gas sector or the ag sector or any sector of our society, the automotive sector, I'm 100% in favor of developing uh, and releasing the technologies that will clean up our natural environment. And I'm aware of technologies that have been developed uh, that are being suppressed. And uh, <clears throat> so... Uh, I'm 100% in favor of, I don't think we have to shut down our economy to have a clean environment. I, they go hand in hand. The stronger and more profitable our oil and gas sector is, and every the ag sector is, the more we can afford to invest in developing the, uh, the technologies to clean up our natural environment. So I'm, I'm, I'm very much an environmental person as well. I'm not in favor of, of giving any company uh, a license to pollute our environment. So I'm, I would be working with industry to develop these new technologies that are uh, especially economical te technologies to clean up our, our natural environment. We have to think win-win. That's the way the truth is. When you seek the, set the goal of truth, you're seeking win-win solu solutions, not lose-lose as what we're seeing uh, from this uh, liberal government, liberal NDP coalition government. Yep, absolutely. Okay, I know our time is limited here, so I'm going to ask one more question before I get you to promote yourself a little more. Uh, we've got the, the pandemic, and my view is it's, at least as far as Saskatchewan is concerned, we've got most of the pandemic behind us, but Justin Trudeau is still stuck on vaccine mandates for federally regulated employees. He's a big fan of vaccine passports, masking, etc. Where are you on the, on the, the public health crisis? Uh, so uh, I, 
Uh, like I said, I recovered from a life-threatening illness and became very knowledgeable in matters of natural health and healing, help people recover from viral infections. We knew in January of 2020, uh, January, February, March, April of 2020, that we had therapeutics that were available both in the health food stores in our province and in the country in the health food stores, uh, quercetin, zinc, vitamin D, immunophase, bronchophase. And if we would have allowed doctors uh, to prescribe uh, 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 hydroxychloroquine with, with zinc and uh, um, azithromycin and also ivermectin by June of 2020, uh, we had therapeutics, and yet Canadian doctors were not allowed then and are still not allowed to prescribe therapeutics to prevent and treat uh, COVID-19 and variants. Uh, had I been Prime Minister back then, uh, I would have put together a panel of scientists and doctors to make recommendations to follow the peer-reviewed science, because we already knew back then, March, April, there were strong peer-reviewed studies. Uh, Dr. Didier Rouault in France, a viro top virologist in France, had shown that hydroxychloroquine on a study of 1,046 people, that 98.5% of them had had a full recovery from COVID-19. So uh, to me, I would have never locked the economy down. I would have allowed doctors in Canada to prescribe the therapeutics. And according to uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, we could have saved 85% of the people who died with COVID or from COVID had we allowed doctors to prescribe the therapeutics that were the scientific studies. You go to c19early.com, c19early.com. You can see uh, there that there were, there's over a thousand studies there. And many of those, over, I believe uh, the majority are peer reviewed studies uh, showing what these therapeutics could have done and the lives that could have been saved. I believe there was malevolent activity going on behind the scenes uh, controlling the media, preventing the therapeutic message from getting out there, and preventing doctors from prescribing uh, these therapeutics that it could have saved uh, thousands of lives. I believe there were crimes against humanity committed, and that needs to be investigated. Okay, fair enough. Now, um, I think we'll wrap that up there. Now, we've got till April 29th to get in uh, election deposits, get in your, your signatures, etc. How far along are you? Uh, we've got, uh, uh, I would be asking people, we've really got till April 27th or 20, uh, at the latest, uh, probably the 27th, because we've got to submit our $300,000, uh, fee, uh, by, uh, it's got to be in by April 29th. We've raised about just over a hundred thousand. So we're working diligently to raise another 200,000 or 175,000 to 200,000 to be able to submit that on the 27th or 28th. So if anybody supports, uh, you go to our website, Joseph, www.josephborgo.ca. You can see the vision that I have for the country, the core values and principles in the leadership that I would bring to the country. And the main, you know, the main objectives, immediate objectives would be to, uh, number one, to serve the Canadian people, uh, not any foreign organization or foreign corporations to restore the rights of Canadians, to eliminate government corruption, to create a fair tax system. Uh, major tax reform, I have great ideas, and if you'd like to hear more about that, I would do another podcast with you on that, Tony. Sure. Uh, eliminate carbon taxes. We create jobs and economic growth by reforming the corporate tax system so we can compete in the world. Uh, uh, 
I understand how to create a true healthcare system by tax reform and uh, also to protect our environment. Those are just some of the things uh, that I would be working diligently on to get the country headed back in the right direction. Okay, so josephburgo.ca. Now, is there a link on there for Conservative Party of Canada members to sign for you as well? Yeah, when you go to that website, josephburgo.ca, up on the top toolbar, uh, you'll see on the far right corner, support. That opens up where if you're an active Conservative Party member, you can sign my nomination petition. Uh, there's a big red tab there. You click on that, and you can print off. A, you have to print off a nomination petition, uh, fill in all your information, uh, and then scan it and send it to info at josephborgle.ca. Uh, and the other thing that we're really, uh, we've got the 500 signatures. Uh, we're we're qualifying on that. It's the funding. Okay. So, so we're asking anybody that can afford to donate. Uh, you can donate up to one thousand. Six hundred and seventy-five dollars uh, to my campaign, uh, and uh, we're we're working hard on raising the funds so I can stay in the race past April 29th. We have to submit three hundred thousand by April 29th. So the sooner anybody can donate to my uh, campaign, uh, that's going to help ensure that I'll be able to stay in the race past April 29th. Okay, and the easy question: How's your French? Uh, mon français, uh, c'est uh, on a, uh, je veux dire, uh, 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 ben, je peux parler français, uh, uh, je travaille à l'imprové, je peux lire un, uh, 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 a statement that I made today in French, for French, this is what I read today, I'll give you an idea of it here. Sure. Uh, bonjour, mon nom est Joseph Bourgault, et je suis, uh, uh, Je suis de Saint-Dieu, Saskatchewan. Je cours pour être le chef du Parti conservateur du Canada. Je sens, je, je sens que notre pays va dans la mauvaise direction. Alors, je sens que je veux partager ma vision pour notre pays avec mes concitoyens canadiens. Je crois que j'ai la vision, la force du caractère moral les compétences en leadership fondées sur des principes et les politiques pour amener notre pays à réaliser cette vision que j'ai. So that uh, gives you an idea. I speak, I can write French really well. I, I can read it very well. I, I'm working, because I don't speak French every day, I'm working on getting my French back up to par so I can easily communicate with French-speaking Canadians. Fantastic. Well, um, you've, you've given me more time than what we'd agreed to, so I really appreciate that, Mr. Burgo. Uh, josephburgo.ca, click on the toolbar on the top right of the page. If you can help him out with a few dollars to help him get to that 300000 by April 27th, fantastic. Mr. Burgo, thank you so much for your time today, and uh, we'll talk again soon about taxes. Yeah, that sounds good. I look forward to doing another one with you, Tony. All right, fantastic. And uh, thank you for this today. And thank you, Canada. This is Tony in Saskatchewan, and we will talk to you soon. This is Canadian Common Sense with Lewis and Tony.